the Getting Better Now podcast, presented by the Golf Business Network, the show by golf professionals for golf professionals, profiling experts from inside and outside the golf industry to help you advance your career, make a lasting impact, and achieve your goals. Here's your host, PGA professional from St. David's Golf Club, Dean Candle. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Getting Better Now podcast. As you heard, this is presented by the Golf Business Network, and I'm your host, PGA professional, Dean Candle. So I first want to thank you for joining us here. I'm really excited about being able to bring this to you. So the point of this podcast is to profile both successful professionals in our business as well as successful individuals outside of the golf industry to learn what they've done to become successful. How have they achieved their goals and what do they do every day in their jobs that have helped them get to where they are today. So the plan is to bring you this insight so you can take this back to your job and to your clubs tomorrow and implement it right away to help you achieve your goals. So we're kicking things off today with a two-part interview with the CEO and President of the Golf Business Network, Patrick Seether. So in the first part of our interview, we talk about Patrick's path to becoming the CEO of GBN, how he took a traditional PGM university degree and assistant professional positions, head professional director of golf positions, and morphed them into now being the CEO at GBN. So we think that by profiling the career paths that others have taken in this business, there's really a lot of value that you can grab from that to help set you up on the path that you want to take in order to achieve your goals. So here we are, part one of our conversation with Patrick Seether. I hope you enjoy it. Patrick, how you doing? Doing great, Dean. Thanks Thanks for having me on and really looking forward to, uh, you know, the partnership that we're developing with you on this podcast and the, and the series. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be great for, for our members and, and others that want to learn more about uh, the golf industry. So I appreciate what you're doing and the, the time and effort you're putting into it. Well, thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity. It's just the chance to try to share some great ideas and tune into some great professionals throughout the country and and also some people outside the industry to help everybody share some great information and hopefully help everybody get a little better at what they do. I think that's the goal and I'm excited for it. It all selfishly is going to be a great opportunity for me to learn, which always gets me excited. But uh, in the end, we're looking to bring some great content to all of our PGA professionals out there. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, that's great, and, I, and everything you said there is just in line with uh, you know our goals and, and the mission of GBN, and you know trying to help the PGA professional get better at what they're doing and be more informed. You know, we all know nobody's you know doing anything groundbreaking. It's more just you know taking little ideas from here and there, and I think this is a great platform to get a lot of those ideas out. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to you know listening in on it. Yeah, so it really should be a great platform. I'm, I'm hoping that it turns out that way, So, and I really think that, that it will, certainly. So we're going to get into GBN a little bit more and, and some of the details and everything that's going on with GBN currently, but I think one of the things that 
I'm going to be looking to to profile in this podcast series are, are some of the paths that different PGA professionals have taken to put together a successful career. Whatever success means to that individual, uh, whatever their goals were as a PGA professional, but really to to talk about those different paths that others have taken. And you have a little bit of a different path as well. And I think for those that might not know you, ha- aren't maybe part of GBN that are listening, I think it would be great to get into your background and your story in the golf industry and how you ended up where you are as the president and CEO of GBN. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, I, quite honestly, I tell people all the time, I have no idea how I'm sitting here, <laughs> you know, doing what I'm doing, and uh, I've been extremely fortunate. Um, you know, I started my my career in golf, uh, grew up playing golf in, in upstate New York, and I was involved with other sports, so golf was just one of, and uh, um, I had some uh, some friends at Methodist, uh, it used to be Methodist College, it's Methodist University now in Fayetteville, uh, North Carolina, and uh, it sounded like a good idea to move south and, you know, go to this golf program, uh, which I had no idea about the golf business and what it was really about, but, uh, you know, certainly learned a lot while I was there. I started uh, working in the Pinehurst area, you know, washing carts at uh, Mid Pines and another place called Seven Lakes, and um, then I ended up, uh, my last year in college, I started as an assistant at Southern Pines Country Club, which is an old Donald Ross in that area. So I spent a couple years there. Um, anybody that's ever been to Pinehurst, I know it's a beautiful area, but as a 21, 22-year-old, it's maybe not uh, as much action as you're looking for. So I, I uh, decided to make a move um, up to the Raleigh-Durham area, and I was at a uh, uh, a club called Crowsdale Country Club, um, kind of a nice family club, and uh, was there for five or for about five years. Um, worked for a gentleman there that was uh, been there for a long time, and uh, you know he had a setup uh, that was different than most in that he he owned a lot of the concessions and he was paying the staff, and you know it's kind of an old school type setup. But I really learned a lot um, in that, and I, you know after a few years I was basically running his business, so. Um, you know, that was a really good experience for me. And uh, they were getting ready to do a, um, uh, a renovation on the golf course. And I wasn't sure really where my position stood. And uh, so I started kind of looking elsewhere. And there was a new club being built at the time. This was around 2000, 2001, um, called Old Chatham Golf Club. I'd heard about it. We had some, you know, mutual members there and uh, approached one of our members that I knew it was there and said, hey, you know, would love to you know, meet with the, the golf professional there. And he said, hey, we just hired a guy from Seminole. And I said, great. So he introduced me to a good friend of mine, John Marino, um, who's still at uh, Old Chatham. And uh, I became the first person that he hired there as uh, as the first assistant. And, you know, that was great experience. You know, new golf course. You know, we were doing a lot of things uh, to uh, get get it open get it ready for opening which is was different you know it's different than the day-to-day of what you were doing for a long time so that was a great experience for me and um in old chatham is a you know it's a just pure golf um you know there's no homes on the golf course just a really neat place so spent a couple years there and you know out of the blue um i got a phone call from uh jerry hogg from methodist um he said Hey, you know, uh, Phil Owenby at Kinlock Golf Club up in Richmond is looking for a head professional, so I think you should talk to him. So one thing led to another. I did um, went up and became the head professional at, at Kinlock, which uh, you know became a, a top 100 club. wasn't when I first went there, but um, 
I think it was an 04 or 05. It, it had its first ranking there. So fantastic club. Um, Phil, uh, if anybody knows Phil Owenby, he's just the, the best. Um, still a great friend of mine and, a, and a, actually a partner in uh, GBN and what we're doing there. Um, so I spent four years there, and it was a it was a stepping stone. Phil knew that. I mean, he was the PGA general manager basically, and you know it wasn't a, a lifelong type of position. But um, so I had some opportunities, uh, you know, through uh, what this organization used to be AMF and is now GBN. But you know they were doing some searches, and I was involved with some, and you know finally um, moved on from there. I opened up a, a club um, back in the Raleigh Durham area called Hazen Tree, um, which is a Fazio design, great golf course, but uh, 2007, um, this club was predicated on you know a big real estate venture. So we oops. all know what happened in that. Yeah, oops. <laughs> uh, so you know, um, I was there for three years, had a great experience. I mean, we built uh, a great service. I, I learned early on that golf was the commodity, and service and hospitality was really what. I thought the business was centered around, and that was really where I I took my career, learning from Phil and from John and um, and other people that I had been around, and and that's what I you know really built my operation around was service and hospitality, and um, and we had a great thing going at Hazen Tree, but unfortunately just the wrong time, so uh, things kind of changed over with an owner um, that predicated a change on my end, and uh, I went back to Old Chatham for a year. Then I moved down to uh, Charlotte, um, went to Carmel Country Club, which was a whole new experience for me, which uh, Carmel's a great club. It's, it's 36 holes, 50,000 rounds of golf, 1,400 family memberships. I mean, it's a, wow. a, yeah, a lot. I mean, when you have a background at a place like Old Chatham that's doing 11 or 12,000 rounds and Kinlock's doing 15, I went into, you know, a whole new uh, reality for me there. But it was great. And um I was there for two years, and that was a, another stepping stone. I was kind of trying to rebuild my career a little bit, get back to where I wanted to be. It was the I was the head professional under a director of golf, a guy named Jeff Nichols, who's a good friend of mine and is a great golf professional. Um, and then uh, was fortunate enough to um, uh, get the job at Governor's Club as the director of golf, and that's back in the Raleigh-Durham area in Chapel Hill. Um, so I was uh, I was at Governor's Club, and I had always been a member i mean i i joined amf as an assistant early on probably in i don't know 2004 or 5 um through you know people that i knew and um and then as it changed into gbn i remained a member and just like being in the network um and i got to know uh the the individual that was uh running the organization at that time and i got a phone call from him in uh, it would have been march i think of 2000 14 and just you know basically asked me if i wanted to take over the company um i'll backtrack a little bit um i started a business in 2010 i developed a software program for golf professionals to help track special orders in their shop and demo clubs and things like that so i had a uh and that was a a kind of a side project for me as we all know i mean you know dean and anybody listening here i mean you're you're at the club every day if you know you might get mondays off where you can mow your lawn and do your laundry or whatever but um you know so it was it was kind of a side project but it it had growth and i had a i had a business and uh i i think i i learned that i had sort of this entrepreneurial um spirit in me and um i didn't uh I never owned my own golf shop, but having, you know, looking back and running the business for this gentleman back at this club, Crowsdale, 
I sort of got the sense of what it was like to run a business, which, you know, um, I think maybe instilled that in me that uh, I wanted to do that. So I, I started that. So I had this, I had a business that I could acquire the company, GBN, um, and maybe that's why he, he called me along with maybe just, you know, my knowledge of the company and um, and, and the industry and network and all that. So um, that was, uh, the timing was right, you know, for me. It was uh, it was a tough decision because I think, and maybe you can relate to this and other people listening, is that you really sort of define yourself as a golf professional, right? I mean, that's that's what I was. I was a I was a club professional, and that was the biggest thing for me in making that transition was I was no longer going to be that. I mean, I was going to be a PGA member, but I wasn't going to be at the club doing the things that I love to do, which was meeting people, you know, growing relationships, and, uh, you know, so that was, the, that was a difficult, but on the other side of things, it wasn't that difficult to say, hey, you know, this is something inside of me I want to do. I, can, I see an opportunity to grow the business. Um, so, you know, I decided to do that, came to an agreement and, um, I, you know, the hardest day of my life was, uh, walking into the general manager's office, you know, one, oh, just a, about a year into that job and saying, you know, I'm, I'm resigning and moving on to this other opportunity. It was a very difficult, you know, day for me, but, um, but in the end, you know, it was right. And I, uh, I, I exited the right way, which I think is important. I mean, for anybody that might make any change in their career, you know, I, I said, hey, look, I'll be here as long as you need me. Uh, you know, I don't want to burn any bridges. And, you know, so I was on board there for another couple months and helped them transition to a new director of golf. And um, so, you know, it was, uh, it was just the right time in, in my life and my career that, uh, you know, to do that. So it's been four years in and, you know, we've had a lot of growth in what we're doing within the business, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. But sure. Um, well, it, oh. it's interesting. I think people would probably overlook uh, that feeling that you had of that you're giving up this identity that you developed starting in college and through, uh, at that point, your whole career of I'm a golf professional at a at a golf club or a country club, and now all of a sudden you aren't going to be that. I I could see that as being um, something to really overcome and, and try to come to terms with. I think somebody from the outside looking in might say, oh, well, yeah, now it's great. You run your own business. You make your own schedule. You're in charge of, you know, you're your own boss. And so you're not dealing with weekends and you're not, you know, whatever, you know, people want to say are, are some of the challenges that mm-hmm. traditional golf pros go through. But I, I could see giving that up that identity as uh as a little bit of a hurdle but it seems like now several years down the road uh things are going great with gbn and it's it's giving you this opportunity to to grow business and kind of fulfill that entrepreneurial um you know desire that you had so yeah that's great yeah it was it was very difficult but just like you said i mean you know it did allow me some different um opportunities in my personal life and um and even just in my work life i can tell you i don't work any less you know right. when you when you own your own business it's like 24 7 in your head and uh you know my uh, my office is uh very close by and i'm in it all the time and i'm on the phone and you mentioned weekends i mean there's i you know there's phone calls with uh search committees and things like that that i'm you know yeah. i'm still involved with but uh yeah, but it's it's honestly it's been great, and um, you know I just hope that 
what I'm doing and the direction that we're taking it is being, you know, recognized that, that people get value out of it, you know, and I, that was very important for me when I, when I took over the organization was to say, Hey, you know, um, I got to increase the communication, you know, I mean, there's, uh, you know, I just have to make sure that it's always there that, that you always think about GBN as the resource if you need anything. And, you know, that's been a, a, a goal of mine is to really, the, the membership of GBN, the value and the benefits would be around being a resource and being, um, you know, a place that you can go to get information that you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a peer group of the top golf professionals across the country. And, you know, we put, we've, we're trying to put mechanisms into place where it makes it easier for you guys to, you know, to kind of be in that community and, and share that information. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ideas, a lot of things that we've brought to the table, but, you know, one of, I think a mindset of mine is that I, I don't want to stand still. You know, I, I never felt like that in my career. You know, I just talked about, I mean, I was in a lot of different, a lot of different clubs. I mean, my wife and I, we looked at it one time and we had moved like nine times in eight years. I don't even know how that's possible. And, you know, you're kind of like, what, what, you know, so, um, you know, you've got to do those things, but it, I just, I, you know, I guess inside of me, there's just this growth mindset that I don't want to just keep doing what I'm doing. And maybe that was part of it too. And that maybe I got to a point in my career where going to the club and I, I just didn't, you know, couldn't feel or see, you know, the growth. Um, and I, I have a lot of respect for, uh, golf professionals that can be at the same club for a long time. And that's what everybody wants. But I think I would have had a challenge with that just personally that, um, you know, I don't know if I could have if I could have been in a role for 15 or 20 years at a club, even though that's what everybody wants. But it's, uh, you know, everybody has different makeups. You know. Sure. And I, I yeah, exactly. And I think it depends on, you know, what you kind of gain personally from the job and what your true passions are about the job that for some people that works of, you know, showing up at the same club every day uh, for however many years in a row that they can do it. And they get a lot of fulfillment out, out of that for you. And for many, I think it's feeling like you're progressing and that you're constantly challenged. Some people are able to do that at the same club. Some people need a little change of scenery. But I think what the takeaway is in your story is, and that we'll hear over the course of our conversations with a lot of professionals, is that you were very proactive in, and, and you took a risk. You know, it, it's, it's hard to to reach your goals without taking any risks and certainly there was there was one with you jumping out of that traditional role into to gbn but uh you had a sense that you knew what you wanted and this was an opportunity and you jumped at it so mm. uh, i think um that's the real interesting part you know, yeah you. and it's uh, and, and there is a lot of risk there you know um when you go from having a, you know, a position where you're getting a, you know, you have your paycheck and you have your opportunities for commissions or, you know, lessons and all that health benefits and things like that. And then, you know, uh, my, my wife, um, didn't view this, uh, the way I did, I think initially, um, you know, we were, uh, expecting our third child at the time. We're in the middle of buying a house at the time. And I come to her saying, you know, Hey, I'm going to leave this to do this. And, you know, I, (laughs) she probably was, uh, like, uh, what, (laughs) but, um, it's a little extra motivation on your end, I guess. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you just, you know, you, you make it work. And, um, 
I've always, I guess, kind of found a way to make it work, and um, it's been fun. Do you think that, going back to you said something about you, you realized somewhat early on that, uh, that the service uh, and those kind of, uh, you know, a lot of times I refer to them as soft skills, that were really uh, what was important and what was going to make the difference. And that maybe, you know, with that understanding, this was an opportunity for, for you to help kind of spread that and, and give people more opportunities to, to learn that side of the business. Yeah, you're, you're talking about the service and hospitality aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I I really think that you know, there's you have to have certain skills. Um, you know, you you got to be good at a lot of things. Uh, you might be great at a couple. Uh, you can't be bad at anything. But um, you know, to me, the every spoke on the wheel really came out from. The, the middle part of it was service and hospitality, and then you got whatever your instruction program or your outside services or you know whatever that is. It all has to revolve around that to add more value to the operation. And and to me, service equals sales. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. I just you know I didn't focus on the little details. It was more about relationships and you know then getting to know and being able to um, anticipate what somebody needed. Um, and that was part of the reason I. I developed that software program was that I realized at one point I couldn't do it all, you know, and, and maybe I, I think one of my, my faults was that I was more of a doer, um, in the operation than I, you know, as I grew into a head professional and director of golf, that was tough for me to become more of the delegator than the doer. Um, I liked being the doer and, uh, but, but that, that software program allowed me to kind of, um, be able to start tracking all this information about members and knowing more about their families. And, you know, that was important to me. Um, and I wanted a mechanism to, uh, be able to let everybody know. Right. So if it's in, I always thought about, I was like, man, you know, we've had, we had a locker room guy at, uh, Kinlock GT, you know, and GT just knows everybody, everybody's name, what other drinks and every, you know, a lot of the great clubs have that individual, and I always thought about, I was like, man, you know, I mean, not to be morbid, but like, what happens if he gets hit by a bus? You know, it's like, there's a lot of information that, you know, you're going to lose. And it's the same thing with every assistant that, uh, that was under me or was working alongside me was, hey, that person knows they have a relationship with that person that I don't have. And they know a lot of things about that individual. And I wanted to be able to, you know, get that, um, so, you know, that was a, that was part of, that was a real big part of that, you know, and, and for who I was is just, it was all about that. And, um, uh, you know, and I think that's why I was successful, but, uh, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I view this as an opportunity to help that. Um, but then also, you know, other aspects of what, what it is and what you need to do as a golf professional and continue to learn and look outside of golf. You know, I think that, that's important and you mentioned that earlier about you know maybe some of the individuals that'll be on this podcast will be people that aren't pga professionals but service and hospitality minded people um or or business leaders that we can all learn from you know i think that to me i think i was probably this way but now that i'm out of it um or looking at it from a different perspective there's more um you know it's uh you got to look outside of golf. And I think a lot of people have this mindset that, hey, that won't work because 
we're this is the golf industry, right? And yeah, you got to get outside of that bubble and outside of the box a little bit on your thinking. I learned a lot of that from from Phil Owenby. I mean, you know, when I I laugh about it because when I first went to Kenlock, and I've told Phil this, so it's nothing he doesn't know. But you know, the first year I was there, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not sure that I get this. I don't understand what he's <laughs> doing here. This isn't the way that I've always done things, right. and and it was very perplexing, but. After about a year, I, I looked around. And I was like, "Actually, he's doing it the right way," and I think, you know, I want to do it that way. So I just kind of became a sponge, and you know, and then I took that forward with me to to other, you know, to other clubs. Right, and that, and that's really the benefit of jumping out into different situations is that you quickly learn everything that you don't know, and everything that you thought you knew was the way to do it. All of a sudden. You know, there are better ways out there, which you find out. I think yeah. as assistants, you find that as you're moving through the ranks and moving from club to club. I know I had that that experience as well, jumping to a new club when I thought I was, you know, pretty well experienced and, and had a good knowledge base, but quickly jumped into a new situation. All of a sudden was like, wow, I, I'm way behind where these guys are. Yeah. And, you know, once you catch up, you're better for it, but you have to... You have to go through those challenges. So we're going to stop right here with part one of our conversation with Patrick Seether. Join us for part two, where we get into what's going on with Golf Business Network, what's new with GBN, and what services can they provide to help you in your career. I think you're going to want to hear this. There's a lot of great things going on at GBN, so come back and join us for part two of our conversation with Patrick Seether. This was the Getting Better Now podcast presented by the Golf Business Network. Head over to iTunes to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and be sure to rate and review while you're there. For more information, go to golfbusinessnetwork.com.